Good evening and welcome to My Spectrum Life. Um, well, evening here, it may not be evening when you're listening to this, um, but uh, my name is Jessica and I'm an autism mom and with me is my practically family member, Kelsey. <laughs> Hi, good evening, good night, good morning, whenever you're choosing to watch this, hope all is well. I'm Kelsey and I'm a registered behavior technician as well as a special education teacher. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I say practically family member because she was our um, ABA therapist for what almost two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when somebody comes to your house uh, <laughs> three to four, sometimes five days a week, they become like family. They do. Um, which uh, anyway, um, make sure if you have any questions tonight, go ahead and enter them into the chat box. We'll see, uh, see if we can't get to those. Um, also, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Uh, give us a thumbs up, either if you're on Facebook or YouTube or um, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Um, and just uh, let's dive in. Um, we've been talking about sensory issues with autism. It's a biggie. Um, I lost Anyway, sorry, uh, we lost Kelsey, but there she is. She's back. Um, We were talking about sensory issues. And one of the things that we noticed with Curtis, um, now when you get a sensory processing dysfunction uh, diagnosis, there are a couple of camps you can be in. You can be understimulated, you can be overstimulated, or you can go back and forth between both of them. (laughs) Never know what it is each day. That would be my son. Right. <laughs> the, you know, sensory issues are, they can, they're so overwhelming. They um, are. They're frustrating to us as parents. That's for sure. Um, as therapists. It can be because sometimes, again, sensories can be mimicking other behaviors. And so you're ser- trying to figure it out. And sometimes therapists get it wrong and it it frustrates because just like you, I'm sure parents or anybody who's watching or anybody who has a child with autism, you, if you're frustrated, you know, they're frustrated and it's hard for them. Some of them can't tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them can't even read it. Um, Even if they can tell you, some of them still misread themselves that day. And it can be frustrating. It really is. Yes, it can. Um, One of the things I uh, noticed with Curtis is that if on days that he's overstimulated, he doesn't want to be touched Mm -hmm. by anybody. He won't even let me give him a hug. Nope. Or a high five. Uh -uh. Nothing. Thing. <laughs> Not on those days. On the days that he's understimulated, he'll ask for bear hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's extremely understimulated, he would walk into a wall and just, just totally just walk himself, his whole body, just bam, 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 bam into that wall. And it's like, um, okay, stop that. <laughs> um, come here and let me give you a hug. That's better right. for you. For the overstimulation, right? Yes, for overstimulation. Or under, so, my bad. Under, yeah. Under, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> there's, and there's a lot of techniques that you can use. Um, and occupational therapists are such a big help um, with sensory processing disorder uh, or sensory integration dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know that uh, Curtis has been in occupational therapy for going on, gosh, almost off and on for almost six years now. Um, cause he was diagnosed, um, about six years ago. And so, um, yeah, and it's, it's not, you know, sometimes they can say that it's, you know, they're good, but then it goes right back down to not good. And it's just kind of, you know, it goes back and forth. Um, so if you're, I guess, so how would we put this in terms for people who are, uh, on the outside looking to be aware of autism and more accepting towards those with autism? Um, I would take it um, as respect, as a good rule of thumb, is to ask. Um, ask mm -hmm. a kid um, verbally, would you like a high five? Hey, why don't you, would you like a hug? Um, we do it naturally. Um, mm -hmm. And so a kid will tell you yes or no. Um, if sometimes just handing out this and you just kind of wait that's a fist bump or give me a high five or you can give them the non you know body language of the hey do you want a hug or do you mind if i just sit here and sometimes just sitting there i think um when an outsider looking in and seeing some of that i think they get overwhelmed with what they're seeing um and not so much understanding it but just overwhelmed in which themselves get panicked um mm -hmm. to the point where can I treat them like a human being? Can I treat them like I normally do with any other um, child mm -hmm. or a person that I know? Yes. Yes. yes can. Um, and I, that, that's going, that's stepping from awareness to acceptance because yeah. now, yes, you're aware that you see this kid, but you're like, okay, whatever. Would you like a high five? Or um, how mm -hmm. are you feeling? Do you need a hug? Cause they'll tell you yes or no. Um, oh, yeah. And if not, parents would be like, Hey, I got this. They'll let you know. But I would, if you do do that, um, don't be offended if they tell you no. It's right. just maybe they can't share something about their child because maybe they get aggressive and they don't want mm -hmm. anything. So they're protecting you and their child, but they can't right. tell you because mm -hmm. of HIPAA or choose not to. Right. Um, so just accepting yeah. no. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then just telling the parent, I hope you have a better yeah. day and just move yeah. on. Yeah. You know, and I think that's literally the best thing we can do. And I think that's the movement of be nice, be yes. kind. And that's kind. Yeah. exactly where we need to go with it. Exactly. Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think that asking in, in situations like, uh, say, if you are at a church and you know that um, somebody is autistic, just being kind and open. Mm-hmm being willing to talk to the parents to understand and know that things may be a little bit different for them mm -hmm. um, at school, you know, uh, making sure that you understand that they are different, but right. that's not a reason to uh, push them out. Exactly. It's not a reason to exclude them. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I think people miss out on so much with being afraid and not really accepting of those with autism is they miss out on some extremely awesome and loyal friends. I mean, they are loyal to a T. Oh my goodness. To a T. <laughs> it is. They are so loyal to things. I mean, so loyal. 
They're so um, compassionate, unconditional love. I'm telling you. Oh my goodness, you. yes. And once you get into the world, once you can make that step into their world, mm-hmm. and they have accepted it, you into their world, for them, and you got to know and understand that is a huge privilege. It is. That is a privilege, and that is that is something that you know. It, it, I get chills even thinking about it because when my son has let others into his world and he really looks forward to seeing them and being around them, it's, it makes life so much better. It does. When I'm not the center of the world and everything revolves around mom, I can't do anything without you. <laughs> um and to see him break branch out and to make friends is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some opportunities. Um, art therapy is something that is that helped him. Yes, that, um, he made you know to find others who were autistic and they could he could understand. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped, but art can help bridge the gap between a mm-hmm. person with autism and a person that does not have autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, music is another thing. Music is a big one. Big one, big one. So just, you know, be aware of things of um, the fact that there are sensory issues. I and mean, we've talked about it uh, for a while, a couple episodes now. And uh, we'll, we can dig more into that later. Um, oh, goodness, yes. Also, what they do, they do to perfection. perfection. Yes. And if it's not perfect, I mean... Yes, that is so true. Thank you so much. That is so true. Um, I, you know, trying to get uh, my son to understand that you're not going to get 100% on every single thing that you turn in in school was a difficult thing to do for a while there. But you'll understand and know, too, that when they start doing things and when they do things, they're going to, they are going to be dependable on what they do and they're going to do it right. Mm-hmm gonna do it right um one of the other things we wanted to bring um as we're closing up you know the end of april is almost here as we're closing up autism awareness um and for us we thought awareness with understanding leads to acceptance correct so one of the things we wanted to say was think about um if you're on a playground and you see somebody who is a bigger kid Mm-hmm. on a swing or on a tire swing. Don't get mad. Nope. Don't be upset. Um, think that, you know, they may have autism. They may have a sensory need. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, how many hours did you spend on the swing in the backyard with my son? <laughs> Practically <laughs> the whole we, time. <laughs> we laugh because... When um, Curtis would be overstimulated, we'd tell him if it w- we had an indoor swing, a sensory swing, and um, basically it's like a hammock um, mm-hmm. that swings or like a swing in the backyard. Um, that was a calming activity because it gave him, it, it had to do with the, um, I want to say the vestibular. Yes. Um, so that going back and forth was very helpful and very calming. Um, the other thing is some of those with autism like to spin. And so tire swings that spin, some days Curtis would really like those, some days he didn't. Mm 
Um, there are certain kids that will absolutely love to spin and that mm-hmm. will be their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get, if they're in a sensory moment and they need it, let them spin because yeah. it'll get them centered and calmed right back down. So and you can go right back where you need to go to help them out. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, be, be aware of that. And even that. then, um, encourage your kids to go swing with them sometimes mm-hmm. just swinging with them with the next to the swing if you do see a bigger kid swinging and just swinging next to them it means the world to them they may not mm-hmm. they may be able to communicate it to you they may not but it means the world to them and you're just swinging right along with them and they're just like oh hi okay <laughs> well and, and so when it comes down to it who doesn't enjoy to swing i mean i would i love swinging <laughs> If I, I think we all there. do. <laughs> it brings me back so. to my childhood, you know, those days on the playground and you're worry-free and carefree. And mm-hmm. sometimes that just being, that gives them a sense of freedom as well. So, um, oh my goodness. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lavina says, I can't believe that people get mad about this larger children at the park. I mean, I yep. can believe it, but it's so ludicrous. I love to swing into my teen years. If I had a swing now, I would probably still swing, still swing. Mm-hmm. right there with you. I would yep. do it too. The only reason I couldn't get out on the swing in our backyard that we had there in South Carolina is I got them long legs. <laughs> it <laughs> just drag. <laughs> it just drag. So it wasn't worth it. Thank God but I'm I, short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Kelsey yeah. is shorter than I am, so she could swing. <laughs> Me, no, not so much. Um, but, but it is. Yes, it is. It's crazy how that happens. And I just, you know, hopefully people will become more aware and understanding that this, you know, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funny things we wanted to talk about was um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just laughing, thinking about this. So Sorry. We said language was a topic, one of the topics of tonight's conversation. And, um, we said that because there's um, two things that you'll find when you're around those with autism. And we fought, we fought this like nobody's business. The first one you'll find is they can be, those with autism can be extremely literal. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so the very first time I, totally understood how literal my son was. Um, we were talking about going and he had started ABA conversation or therapy at this point in time. And um, I, this is when we started doing the idioms, practicing yes. the idioms. We had gone to go run some errands. And I knew that if I did two things, then, you know, I used the phrase, we'll kill two birds with one stone. One stone. Right. Curtis wouldn't have anything of it. His eyes, I use that phrase, his eyes got as big as saucers. And he's like, I don't want to kill the birds. It's like, oh, goodness, no, 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 no. I can't hold Just yesterday, I think it was, um, he was, um, sir, one of the, I know, I'm sorry. It, we laugh about it. We laugh about it now. And once he figured it out, he was like, oh man. And he, he laughs. 
Um, he does. Yesterday, one of my son's favorite shows is called How It's Made. And um, yeah, Kelsey's already snickering because I told her <laughs> they were making a volleyball. And they were talking about how they had to make a bladder for the yep. volleyball. And in all seriousness, Curtis goes, I didn't know the volleyball had to go to the bathroom. It. <laughs> he lost it. Eric and I were in you the kitchen. Just we see just lost I it. bet his whole face was dead serious as can be. And he meant every word of it. And you're just like, hold on. Confused as all get out. <laughs> um, you know, um, I'm sorry. You know, you know, as you've seen that them. thing. You tell you tell kids to put your eye on the ball, and they actually bend down and put their eyeball on the on the ball when they're trying to play tennis. You know, not tennis, um, baseball or t-ball. Right. You know, things like that. And Curtis did figure it out when they started sewing up, and he could see them actually filling the bladder with air and stuff. He's like, "Oh, it's a different kind of bladder." Yeah, homophones are not their friend. No, so to um, kind of give some of our viewers an understanding, because we, between our experiences and our backgrounds, mm-hmm. we understand one by language. Um, language is not written just written language. It is not just the language that you speak, but it's also your body language. It's the combination between the three. Um, speaking language inquires the idioms, the homophones, and the double meanings. Um, yeah. Are the pseudonyms is another one. The endos are another one. So that's all part of speaking. Um, you mm-hmm. also have um, the written language, which is, mm-hmm. again, could be also speaking, but you also have the written part. And then the other one is body language, um, your body language cues and how you sit, how you talk. With that mm-hmm. being with body language, you also have your problematics with it, um, yes. meaning your tone, your subtle cues with certain words. Mm-hmm. How do you use them? Um, I just... Because I was getting confused. I love these stories, but I was like, hold on. I was getting confused. I'm like, wait, <laughs> which one? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to yeah, give the no, viewers a... Pragmatics is a, actually something that um, you don't actually understand or know about until right. that it exists. And it can... I mean, I had no idea it existed and that there was a form of therapy for it um, until... Uh, we had some evaluations and Curtis tested that he needed to have speech therapy for okay. pragmatics. And what they did was they went through things like um, appropriate versus inappropriate responses to things. Uh, they went through, they went and had to identify, okay, if they would be read a, a scenario and they would have to try to figure out how people would react to it or how they would do something. And that's, it's a whole entire huge set of um, therapies that have to take place uh, to help them with that mm-hmm. on an educational level. You know, Curtis has gone through enough speech therapy for the last three, four years four. In, on an educational level that he graduated out of that on the educational level. And as we predetermined before, there's an educational diagnosis and therapies that can help in the educational setting, but there's also the medical. Correct. And even though you go through therapies, I tell you, they even though they'll have the practical instruction, mm-hmm. but and and learn how to do that. But when they get into the actual actual situation, 
then sometimes it's it's harder to do the application of it. And so it's hard to teach the application. And usually pragmatics is taught in the speech therapy in a clinic situation. Correct. And that's why when we had speech therapy, we also had them work alongside our ABA therapists so that they knew what they were working on. So that when you guys went with them in actual situations, we could kind of try to remind him, okay, that's not appropriate. We got to use this way. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a long process with that. The journey. Yeah, it is. It is. So, I mean, if, if you're around somebody with autism and they seem to be, you know, they may be more rigid and not have any expressions with body language. Don't think they're weird. No, they're not. They're not. They just, that's just not something they naturally do like we do. I mean, it's something that we kind of just learn involuntarily, right? Mm-hmm. We naturally pick on them, but since the um, least six months of age, we immediately start smiling back at you um, when we see our mother smile. Um, that is why one of the medical diagnosis or one of the major things to look at is the eye contact with that when they're little kids and are they imitating you when they're little kids all the way up to two years before they get that diagnosis? Um, Cause that's one of them. That's when we actually involuntary learn it. We learn your smiles. We learn your frowns. We pick up everything um, that's going on and we're able to process it and mimic it. Those with autism, they have to be explicitly taught um, meaning this is how you do this in the situation. And then they file it in their own brain and compartmentalize it. So when they're in the actual um, social setting, they're able to apply it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of things that they have to learn. And I know um, that was just reminding me, I, I, I think through these situations and I think, um, you know, how my son interacts. Um, and I think about, um, you know, situations that he's in that he reacts um, inappropriately or things are not, it's difficult for him. Um, And one of the most common situations that people will find um, and why those uh, autism moms like myself and those families with kids with autism don't go out much Mm -hmm. is because when they get into a public setting or into a crowd, it's very, very difficult for their child to be able to uh, keep a hold on everything. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the reasons, uh, one thing that comes to my mind is the term elopement. Can you explain elopement? <laughs> elopement is a form of escape. They run from what they're trying to avoid, um, meaning they can elope out of a room, they can elope into the street. And when they elope, they are not paying attention to their surroundings. They are just go. They yeah. run. So elopement is just running away from somebody. Um, give us a situation that pragmatics would apply. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, um, knowing, let's see. Um, I have one for educational. Okay. Go for educational. And I, I have one for, um, for like just out in the world. Um, it's okay to talk to your friends, 
um, paramedics, for example, being able to talk to your friends all excited about Minecraft. Um, but when you go to your teacher, it's okay to talk to your teacher about Minecraft. But sometimes teachers without say, your friends are going to tell you to stop. Okay. Mm -hmm. they, they are. They, when you're with peers, they're going to tell you to stop. They have no, they don't care. It's a friendship. So it's a different form of relationship, which is fine. Right. But as a teacher with the kid or an adult with the kid, um, you don't want to explicitly say you need to stop talking about that because it, it, you come off a route or you can run a relationship because we as an adult understand the life of a child and their experiences mm -hmm. and how they can take something. Mm -hmm. um, so a teacher might not say, oh, hey, you need to stop. But instead, they'll be like, mm-hmm, have you tried doing this or this? And they try to steer you a different way, but they keep going to like talking about it. And the kid doesn't understand the tone. They don't understand that they, they don't need to stop talking about it. Another one would be a teacher might just be like, uh-huh. And they never look up. It's a like, yeah, I'm listening, but I'm also telling you I'm not listening. Mm -hmm. They don't pick up on that. It's one of those natural kind of cues that they don't pick up on. Is that? And that's, that's something that we had to go through and teach. Mm -hmm. It has to be taught. Um, so we taught, um, there's two ways that we taught Curtis. Um, the two things that we mm -hmm. use that can be used um, by anybody in these situations, actually. Um, so they will go on talking and then one of the things, so like a natural conversation, we say something, we take turns and go back and Correct. forth and back and forth. Um, we are still working on that one. But when Curtis would go on and on and on and on and on about a certain topic, um, we would tell him to either write it down and put it in the parking lot. <laughs> and then at the end of the day or at a, a certain time, he would have a set time that he could you know, put, turn on a timer and then he could do, you know, you have, now you have four minutes to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Right. Set that timer. And when it comes off, that's it. We're done. That's it. Yep. The other thing is I laminated a red sheet of paper. And if it was on the red list, we don't talk about it during school. <laughs> <laughs> we had that, we had that red list right above computer, Curtis's computer there. Remember that we'd be like, look at the red list. Look. It's on the red list <laughs> right there. It's on the red list. And it um, was difficult because I remember mm -hmm. seeing Curtis looking at me and he wouldn't say anything to me because he does no respect and he's actually a very respectful kid. But he would look at me and be like, how am I wrong? Why can I not talk about this? She said mm -hmm. the teacher said free time. And that's another form of promatics. That's reading between the lines. It doesn't mean you're free to talk about everything, mm -hmm. but right. you are free to talk if it's an appropriate form of topic and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah. I remember that yeah, every, that's part, every time he's like, how am I wrong? Like he would literally just give me this look like, yeah. And that's where we had to remember. I mean, I do this constantly and I have to keep reminding myself, um, make sure my directions are very explicit. Mm -hmm. Meaning that not they literal have, but explicit. Yes. So yes. not using superly, you know, those bad words, <laughs> but make sure it's like step to step. Go to your room, turn off the lights, mm -hmm. get your dirty clothes and come back down and put them outside of the laundry room. Correct. Then that though that gives him a list and then having him repeat those back to me. That gets that's very explicit in making sure that he knows instead of, 
go get your laundry. He wouldn't know what to do with it, what kind of laundry he's supposed to do, that kind of stuff. And so that's where we had to get very explanatory. Um, something that we would, well, is it really? No, I don't know if that's a pragmatic thing. Um, just learning to be like in conversation or around somebody in a situation and how, if they're like, uh-huh, and they're looking away all the time. That's, that's a pragmatic thing. Because mm -hmm, you're learning, um, you're reading their um, body language. Mm -hmm. That's a cue that, okay, maybe I need to change the topic or. Which is hard because sometimes people are like, uh-huh, meaning they're actually responding to you, meaning they're listening. Mm -hmm. So it's a double meaning because there's a net, other people will be like, uh-huh, okay. Mm -hmm. And there's like enough. So that's a right. double meeting. That is definitely yes. reading between those lines and picking up on those body language. That's problematics as well. Mm -hmm. Correct. As now back to elope. Yeah. Back to elopement. Um, my son is at risk for elopement. Yes. Um, there are, he does escape, try to escape from certain situations. Um, and one thing that you'll also see that you can see people in public wearing is headphones like this. I love them. Um, they look like, um, and these actually that we purchased are from a hardware store. So they're the safety um, earmuffs that you would see at a hardware store. This is a this is one of the more less expensive options if uh, auditory issues cause things like mm -hmm. we found, for instance, um, if the sound system at the church would have a squelch, my kid would shoot out of that uh, building faster than anything, <laughs> and he'd just run and he would run fast, and we were all trying to catch him. Um, so we learned to make sure we had a pair of these now. This option didn't work as well. And so another friend of mine suggested a set that we purchased off Amazon called the um, Snug um, the Snug headphones. Um, the link for those will be in the show notes. But this set of headphones, uh, they're Snug earmuffs or hearing protectors, and they have the adjustable headband. Um, and they're, they're for children and adults. These, the one particular thing that I looked for that you need to look for when you're looking for a set of headphones for somebody who is having issues with um, sound, auditory, that is too loud, is you got to make sure that it cancels the amount of dB or decibels that it will cut out. Correct. Okay? The snugs will actually cut out um, 25 decibels. They'll bring the, the whole sound down 25 decibels. So you're going to want to look for something that brings down the sound um, a certain amount of uh, decibels. Um, that being it loud and in crowds, having those headphones on is extremely helpful mm -hmm. for autistic kids. So if you see somebody with these headphones on, with uh, noise canceling headphones on that may not be attached to a device, it's not, um, don't make fun of them, you know? My son should have his, uh, Chad says my son always has his uh, noise canceling headphones with him. The reason why I don't have the snug pair that I bought for my son is because we currently can't find them. Um, he has some issues with the, um, keeping his room clean. Um, 
And we're working on trying to uh, deal with that. And we're going to find those snug headphones and I'm going to put a, something on them. Um, my son also, we also uh, have found that if we're going to go to a, you know, sometimes it just, you don't want to completely isolate yourself um, from all of society. So, you know what, sometimes it is okay and it's better to have an MP3 player with you and give them their music to listen to. I mean, how many times did we have when we were always frantically searching for the the iPod? <laughs> um, and we actually sprung for, uh, we found that it helped Carter so much that we sprung for a set of Sony uh, noise-canceling headphones. Um, and uh, if you're watching this, that's a pair of what we have for um, our son. They're actually battery-powered. Um, and so we make sure that there's a battery in it and so he can turn it on and it cancels all everything else so he can just hear is music. Um, they are, you know, they are pretty pricey, but uh, if, you know, if you can, this is a good option. But I totally understand if you can't. Anything that you can get, any type of headphone, um, and the muff that actually completely covers the ear is going to be best. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an option. And the reason like, why I'm tying that to elopement is because noise will cause Curtis to elope because he just wants to get away from that noise. Mm -hmm. So... And noise is it actually noise is a, a big, big sensory issue for kids. So, yep. you know, be aware of the fact that sometimes kids are wearing headphones for a good reason, and they're not always being disrespectful teenagers. Mm -hmm. Not, nope. So, I mean, music is really good. Yes, um, it's it's. Uh, I don't know how many times we've had music. <laughs> Oh, so there's a whole bunch of studies. Um, I can go into it and list on it, but there's a whole bunch of studies how you listen to music and it helps calm down anxiety, helps you focus on work. There's a lot of studies that go with it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so, so I guess as we wrap up uh, autism awareness and acceptance, where awareness with understanding Please leads to accept. acceptance. Um, I would say that we hope that you have come to understand over the past month um, of episodes uh, that you've come to understand a lot more about autism and what you may see in public and what not to um, shy away from. Right. You Don't know, be afraid. Don't be. be and, and the biggest thing that we can do, regardless of whether it's somebody who has autism or not, you got to be kind. You have to be kind. That is, I mean, be kind. Gotta give people, give grace. Yes. Give That's a, a good lot one. Of grace. A lot of grace. And uh, be kind That's the to those life. Huh? That's the secret to life. Give grace, yes. be kind. That's the secret to life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, um, so. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to talk about or research and um, help you find some information on, don't be afraid to look us up on our um, on our social media. You want to go give those out, Kelsey? Um, go ahead and find us on Facebook.com on My Spectrum Life 
Instagram.com, MySpectrumLife, and Twitter.com with MySpectrumLife1. And you can also email us at info at MySpectrumLife.com. And we welcome any emails or suggestions for uh, show topics. Uh, We're more than happy to look into some things. Um, Mm -hmm. And we will be back. um, May 4th. May 4th. May the 4th be Star Wars, Star Wars <laughs> Autism Show, yay! Is it the fourth? Please tell me it is the fourth. Please tell me we just did not make all that up. Yeah, it is the fourth. Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got super excited just then. Yes, we're big Star Wars fans. We yes. admit it freely, freely, <laughs> all day. Yep. Um. So. With a lot of faith in your child and in the people that help them and in yourself, autism moms and dads and family members and um, just faith all around. Love. Make Mm. sure you love and get them fidget toys. We'll make it, right? We will. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys May 4th. Have a good Uh, night. Good night. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 